Hey guys, it's Rajan. Uh, one quick note before we get to the podcast. This podcast was actually recorded on Wednesday evening and is apt to happen. Life kind of got in the way and we couldn't release this until Friday morning, which is after the Miami Dolphins and Cincinnati Bengals game on Thursday night. So just kind of keep that in mind while you guys are listening. Hope you guys enjoy. We'd love to get your feedback. And now on to the podcast. Today's Hail to the District podcast is brought to you by our newest presenting sponsor, and that's JokerChoker.com. JokerChoker.com is the home of the Joker Choker Pro Football Pick'em Poker Game, which is a new type of football picking game that brings the strategy of poker to the idea of making weekly football picks. Each week, you pick your game winners and then try to build the best poker hands from the winning team's cards. What's unique about this pick'em style of game is that because you get up to 50 bonus points on top of your pick'em points, you're never out of the running for first place, even if you have a couple of weeks of bad hands. It's easy to play, it's free to play, but it takes strategy to win. Over $500 in prizes are available, so sign up for your free account at jokerchoker.com, that's J-O-K-E-R-C-H-O-K-E-R.com, and use the promo code DISTRICT for bonus points to help you get started today. Welcome to the Hail to the District podcast with your host, Rajan Nanavati. Welcome everyone to the Hail to the District podcast. I'm Rajan and I'm here with my buddy John as we introduce a new weekly NFL podcast that we hope to be doing for the remainder of the season. So those of you who follow the Hail to the District site know that we've got a regular or semi-regular weekly picks column with the occasional fantasy football stuff kind of thrown in within those picks. But whenever John and I hang out, we ended up talking about football or fantasy football anyway, so we figured, why not turn it into a podcast? So as I mentioned, we'll be doing a weekly look at the games ahead for each upcoming weekend, kind of talk about the teams involved, throw out some stats, some fantasy football knowledge that you you guys hopefully find useful, and then make our predictions based on the lines for each game. Plus, we'll also mix in some chatter about our own fantasy football teams in the league we've both been playing in, which is a half PPR league that's going on its 14th year in a row, which just makes us sound really, really old. Yeah, I remember when fantasy football was actually fun. Yeah, yeah. Um, no. Not not this season. Oh my god, it's your, been a complete disaster. Your team is something. We'll we'll get to that. It's, I look at it. The players aren't bad, but the players yeah, are not bad. It's just they're no, bad, not performing. So we'll start with a Thursday night shit show matchup, which is pretty much the most uninspiring game of the entire weekend or the entire week four slate of football. Uh, Miami at Cincinnati. Cincinnati's favored by seven and a half. The line moved up to seven and a half. It was at seven. I don't have a lot of vested interest. My wife was telling me, she's like, hey, do you mind if I fly in on Thursday evening? And I'm like, honestly, I don't even mind missing the game that much on Thursday. That's how uninspired it is, because otherwise I have an attitude about missing football. And I'm like, eh, Miami at Cincinnati, don't really care. Yeah, these are two teams I absolutely have no desire to watch. You know, I've I've seen enough Ryan Tannehill, and I don't need to see any more of the uh, Andy Dalton show. I don't even know what to... I don't even know what to make of Cincinnati right now. So they're one and two. They're looking up at Baltimore and Pittsburgh right now. Um, right. They're they're it's it's tough. And they if they I mean I don't think they're going to lose. It's Miami at the end of the day. I think the only question is if they're going to cover the seven and a half. Um, they can't lose another game. Otherwise, if they're down three losses this early in the season, they still have to play Pittsburgh. They still have to play Baltimore. They can't afford that shit. Like that's that's not good. Isn't Marvin Lewis like quietly on a, if you don't go farther in the playoffs, you're fired? Marvin Lewis is 0-7 as a Cincinnati Bengals head coach. Uh, he's gone to seven playoffs. He's gone to seven postseasons and lost every single time in the first round. It's pretty impressive. Yeah, management's not going to ha- stand for that too much longer. Um, Especially if they just totally missed the playoffs this year. 
I mean, they got to fight for the wild card in what should be a pretty tough AFC. There's just a lot of average teams who could steal a couple of the wild card spots. And if Pittsburgh ends up winning the division, which who the hell knows after what they did last Sunday, um, they're probably going to end up playing for the wild card. But at least right now, as I mentioned, they're two games back behind the Ravens. I don't buy the Ravens. We'll get to that in a second, but that's probably because I hate the Ravens. Um, as far as the Dolphins, uh, I have Devontae Parker on my team. He's had a couple of touchdowns in two weeks straight. I don't know if he's uh, going to do anything this weekend. I hope so, just because I play Ari and I desperately want to beat Ari. But um, otherwise, what about whatever else about their offense? They're now going to the four, three, four. God knows how many heads they have a running back with Ajayi. Kenyon. And they're all garbage. They're all garbage. Jay Ajayi, they suck. They hate Jay Ajayi. Kenyon Drake's a third round pick. He was an awful stretch. I think Isaiah Pede is there. That's one of the guys. Oh my God. Wow, Dam- that's just. <laughs> Damian Williams is one of the guys. He's one of those guys who's like the turd you can't flush down. It's just it's it's just a pile of crap. So stay away from the offense. Um, if I'm I take- have to call this game, though, I'm I'm taking Cincinnati just for the fact that they'll have home field advantage. I think they have a little bit more to prove, and I I do think they're a better team. You're taking Cincinnati and the points. I'm taking them in the points because t- Thursday nights tend to be blowouts. So if I'm gonna go with the favorite, I might as well you know f- figure they'll cover a seven point spread. I just don't buy Cincinnati entirely, so I'm taking Cincinnati, but not the points. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. But then again, it is. I mean, Cincinnati I don't know is either. definitively better team. So, so what had, did this past weekend teach us about betting on uh, football games don't in ever do it. September? Don't ever don't do it. Don't ever do it because you don't know what these teams are. So, I mean, I would have bet my life savings that Pittsburgh would have beat Philly. That was my and, lock of the week. Look yeah. how that worked out. Yeah, so that uh, – my other one was uh, – I didn't. I didn't think Seattle was going to cover last week with the way that they were, their offense was being atrocious. And nah, yeah, they did all right. It's the 49ers so bad. I can't wait to talk about Chip Kelly because what a. I was even in on Chip Kelly as an Eagles coach. I was even on in on Chip Kelly, and boy was I wrong about that one. Yeah. Um, we'll briefly take a foray to the game in London, uh, 9:30 a.m. kickoff, which I'm sure again, once again, the our, the women in our lives are going to love the fact that we'll be sitting down to watch football, or at least I'll be sitting down to watch football at 9:30 a.m. with Indianapolis favored by two and a half over Jacksonville, the mighty Jaguars, and I say that tongue firmly implanted in cheek. So, aren't isn't the NFL like trying to you know in grow a fan base in London? Why do they keep like having these terrible matchups that nobody gives a crap about? I wouldn't be surprised if more fans go to the game more to root for Jacksonville in London than they do in Jacksonville. Absolutely, uh, Jacksonville. Absolutely. The only good thing about going to a game is like they have a pool there, which I don't. And know you might you... see some hot chicks in a bikini. That's it's about usually, it. It's usually not even hot chicks though. Like I think it was some one of the, I saw a Vine somewhere over the weekend where it was like it was a dude adjusting his crotch in front of the window that like everybody could see it. I'm like, that's Jacksonville for you. That's those are Jacksonville that'd be me. Guys. That'd totally be me. I'd but at least when you do it, it's awesome. And... <laughs> I agree, but I didn't think somebody else would. It's deliberate irony when you're doing it. This guy was just adjusting his crotch for the entire nation to see, which yeah. is great. I mean, I, I would think... I'd be adjusting my crotch after I finished thrusting at the crowd. That I can get down with. <laughs> so, but yeah, no, no, nobody gives a crap about that team. I, I definitely could see the 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 Londonese supporting it more than anybody else. But I I, I guarantee you, Sunday morning I'm going to wake up and I'll go. Oh yeah, this terrible game's on and still not watch. So I'm going to watch this game just to see or just to anticipate whether or not Gus Bradley gets fired because if he gets if he loses this game, they'll be 0 4. They're heading into a bye week because the rule is if you play in London, you get a bye week right after. This is the prime time to fire him. 
Right. Um, it gives it, you some time to regroup. Yeah, this the stat that Bill Simmons was talking about in his last podcast. I can't remember which one it was. One of those NFL ones. After last weekend, he's twelve and thirty nine through fifty one games. Wow. Twelve and thirty nine. Yeah, that's a that's, that's a whole lot of not good. That's incredible. Their offense, like everyone, I, I get so mad. I get really, really pissed off when you have people who talk, who look at box scores and think players are good players. And we're going to get to another one of these besides Blake Bortles. Mm, yeah. But Blake Bortles is a good fantasy quarterback because he Absolutely. only throws for garbage yards. Right. But, but everybody who watches him knows that he's not, not worth a shit. He's not good. He, and yeah. if you, if you, so I've watched when floating the, around on red zone this week, he's actually getting worse. Like he, you you would think that as he gets older and like as he matures and he gets seasoned, blah blah blah, whatever. He sucks. And if you've watched recently, take a look at his delivery. He's kind of got a Jason Campbell thing going, where like he's got this full on elongated, drops the ball below his waist and brings it back up. Like his mechanics are actually getting worse. He is getting worse at playing the quarterback position. His decision making isn't any better. His accuracy isn't any better. I mean, he just sucks. But isn't this like a product of being on a bad team where you get a quarterback that gets shell shocked? Yeah, I mean, they uh, just—it's the opposite. I call of it our, the Patrick Ramsey effect. Well, that's when you get your brain beat in because your your co- head coach doesn't understand that you should block a double A gap uh, blitz. But that's an entirely different—you know—that hindsight is fifty fifty to quote that's to quote that head coach. Uh, he he's just he's not good. And I love everyone who was like, yeah, Blake Bortles, I'm going to, I'm going to make him my starting quarterback. Like one of the guys in our league, like just no, like he's not good. And there's a reason like Allen Robinson's a really good receiver, but there's a reason he hasn't had more than 75 receiving yards a game this season. Allen Hearns, I thought was a little overrated, but you know, everyone was, you know, gaga over the fact that he had 10 touchdowns last year, but I'm like, there's a reason he's not performing as well because Blake Bortles can't get them the damn football. And then on top of that, they can't run the football either. They have 165 total rushing yards all year. All year. Wow. Well, Chris Ivory's coming back. That'll help. No, no. Nope. He's, I don't think he's going to help them. They have 165 on the season, and Devontae Freeman had 152 last week, last Monday night. Now, the Saints defense is atrocious, but he basically equaled their rushing output for a season in one weekend. Or one Monday night, I should say. Well, I mean, that's not surprising when you, your numbers are that drastically low. I mean, that's embarrassing. That's almost like Washington-level embarrassing with running the football. I think Indianapolis is maybe the most overrated team in the league, but this line could be six, Indianapolis favored by six, and I would take it. I, I'm taking the Colts. It, it's not even close for me, and I, I am in no way, shape, or form a fan of the Colts. I think Ryan Grigson is one of the three worst general managers in the NFL, if not the worst general manager. And I've compared Grigson and Jim Ursay, their owner, to Lloyd Christmas and Harry Dunn. That's what I think of them. Um, and even then, I think the the Colts win easily this game. See, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna disagree just for the fun of it. Jacksonville, I think, is gonna win just because football is totally unpredictable, and they they're bound to win one game this year. And I think Indianapolis is definitely a team they can beat. They'll win a game. It's just I, I don't mm. think it's going to be with Gus Bradley. And to be fair, Gus Bradley is – I think he's just overmatched as a head coach. I bet you if he goes to somewhere and becomes a defensive coordinator, he's going to be pretty good. But as a head coach, especially in that situation, no, no. It's not going to happen. All right, we're going to move on to Cleveland at Washington. So our beloved Redskins are favored by eight points. And this should tell you the confidence interval that everyone has in the Redskins because a line move from nine and a half down to eight. Eight. So – 
Yeah, but even eight is that's eight's too ridiculous. High. I'll tell you, eight's too high. I, I I'll never bet the Redskins being that high of a favorite over anyone. I mean, they could play Virginia Tech, and I'm not 100. percent I'm sure not even confident they win. Exactly. Just because you know they they'll screw something up. How, I don't know. How much are we reveling in beating the the Giants? Which beating the Giants was so goddamn satisfying last I, weekend. I have to say that was one hell of an entertaining game. It was entertaining as hell, but just beating the Giants. I I love beating the Cowboys and really, really, really close to this, but I love beating the Giants. I hate the Giants. God, I hate the Giants. Well, if you take a step back and you think about like before the season even started, I don't think anybody thought that this team would be better than 2-2 two and two after four games. No. So I thought they would lose to Pittsburgh. I would was hoping they would split the Giants-Cowboys, which they did, and then – Hopefully they beat Cleveland. So if they finish, if if they're two and two after this weekend, they're right where I thought they would be to get in their you know eight and eight, nine and seven type range. So looking at their schedule, they better get as many wins as they can in the front half of the season because the second half it of the gets season disgusting is awful. It's so so bad. After the bye, after they play Cincinnati in London, which I think is game eight. Yeah, that's the eighth game of the season. So effectively the halfway, they got to play the Vikings. I think they're kind of good right now. They got to play the Packers. Uh, There's that Aaron Rodgers guy who torched us in the playoffs last year. They got to go to Dallas. Three straight road games. Dallas on Thanksgiving. Arizona. I never liked Dallas on Thanksgiving. Never liked Dallas on Thanksgiving. Arizona. Then Philadelphia, who's unfortunately kind of good right now. Then Carolina. Chicago got awful. And then we have to finish the season against the Giants. And historically, we always split with the Giants. So you can't count on that game. That is a savage second half of the schedule. So they better get their three or four wins beforehand because I'm not 100% sure they're going to finish the season with more than six, given the second half of yeah. the schedule. Uh, and, and given what we've seen from uh, their, their defense. Yeah, given the fact that their defense, I mean, their run defense is a hot knife through butter. And speaking of run defense, at Cleveland might suck at a lot of things, but they can trying, run the ball. They can run the ball. Hugh Jackson knows how to run the ball. He's not afraid to do so. And I think Isaiah Crowell is second. Crowell, Crowell, however the second. hell you, second, second in the NFL right now. And Behind LeGarrette Blunt, who we all made fun of on draft day when he was actually drafted. I I was couldn't stop laughing when someone drafted LeGarrette Blunt. And now, clearly, as history has proven time and time again, I'm an idiot. Yep, and and I still say fantasy football is more about luck than actual skill. If you told me that Isaiah Crowell for three weeks would have more rushing yards or as many rushing yards as Ezekiel Elliott, I would have thrown my shoe at you. Yeah. Like I would have said, just get the hell out of here. I would have said he's not even the best back on the team. And if you There's told, no way he does that. told me the two of them would have less less rushing yards and like Garrett Blunt, I would have just said, like, get out. Just please stop talking to me. No, it's absolutely crazy. So is everybody's uh, fantasy darling this week, Terrell Pryor, going to also play some quarterback this week and run all over the Redskins and they're not going to know what the hell to do? I think somebody's got to play quarterback for them. It's either Cody Kessler or Terrell Pryor. Um, Terrell Pryor Sr. (laughs) Yes. I love how that just conveniently popped up. I was like, huh, guess he had a kid or another kid they decided to name after him. Exactly. Is Terrell Pryor Jr. that relevant that we have to refer to him now as Terrell Pryor Sr.? No, absolutely not. Just leave him as Terrell Pryor. I I, I don't get this. The kid can't be like more than a couple weeks old. I mean, Steve Smith Sr. is fine because I would never call Steve Smith anything else to his face because Lord knows what that man would do to me. But like Terrell Pryor, who the fuck cares? For a guy that is probably shorter than me, I'm terrified of him. As you should be. Yes. Um. Funny story. But, I got an email from my buddy from college who was uh, he was asking me about some guy in his league was 
some guy in his league was trying to dump Jordan Reed this early in the season. Wow. I, I love when people overreact and dump players, like good players this early, like when the guy in our league dumped Devontae Parker after week one. I'm like, yeah, thank you. I'll take that. I'll take Devontae exactly. Parker. That's a that's that's premature and you know. Anyway, so he was trying to dump Jordan Reed and he was saying, You can have Jordan Reed if you give me back Travis Benjamin and Dennis Pitta. And my my friend was like, I'm deep at receivers. Like, I can move Benjamin. I have no problems. And he's like, Benjamin and Dennis Pitta for Jordan Reed. He's like, just tell me I'm not crazy and Jordan Reed is awesome. Like, Jordan Reed was my second-ranked tight end going into the season behind Gronk. And that was being as objective as possible. I had him over Greg Olson, over Delaney Walker. Jordan Reed was my number you're, two guy. You're not the only person. I think everybody had Jordan Reed as number two. He just – the thing is, is that their red zone play calling has just been absolutely atrocious. And he's – what are they, 4 of 14 in the red zone? I don't know if they've got four. Yeah, I don't think they even have I think it's like one, maybe. Yeah. Okay. I know they're atrocious. And I know they had, they were 0 for 4 on this past weekend, right? It was, yeah, they were 0 for 4 because the two touchdowns were the long pass to uh The 44-yarder to Deshaun Jackson, and the, the 55-yard screenplay to, to Crowder. Which, if you, I don't know if you went back and saw the replays this week, Trent Williams blocked two guys single-handedly on that screen pass. It was a thing of beauty to watch. It was so, it was so nice. I, I also Playing did guard. appreciate the, uh, yeah, he he did an excellent job filling in. I appreciated the blocking on the the punt return that Crowder had. I mean, they were just guys getting leveled on that, and it 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 brought a tear to my eye because you never see that anymore because you never see any returns. And returns are so exciting. Okay, minus eight. Who are you taking? I'm I, I'm taking Cleveland with that that high of a spread. I think I think Washington wins, but I think it's going to be a you know uh, less than seven point affair. As objective as I try to claim myself, at the end of the day, I still bleed burgundy and gold. I will never pick against them, even though it screws me over time and time again. I'll take the Redskins at minus eight. I know I'm probably going to end up wrong, but I just I can't do it. You, you have to take emotion and favoritism out of this. I know. Which I never do. So this is why I write angry things so often every time something bad happens. Um, Buffalo at New England. New England is favored five and a half points. And as I mentioned, I think on our when uh, we were hanging out at your house last Friday evening, at this point, Bill Belichick could start Giselle Bunchen at quarterback, and I'd still take the I would the love to see that. Yes, I would. Maybe if it's like the lingerie football league type of thing, I would, yeah. I would definitely be yeah, down not with full, that. Not the full padding and outfit. And, no, no, no. Why the fuck it's would anyone to... have that? Yeah, no. We... Um, it's not like she'd get touched either. No, because everyone else would be staring. Yeah. No. Uh, Who is going to start for them? Uh, like Jacoby still... Brissett is apparently going to start. Apparently, he has nothing on his hand, and the hand is fine. I mean, it's not fine, fine, but like they're still going to play. He can endure a them. week. I don't know if he can, but I think they're going to. Because there's no way Garoppolo can play. I don't care. What no, Garoppolo's they think. not playing. There's no way. It's either Jacoby Brissett or like some dude off the street, like Ryan Lindley and T.J. Yates are the names I keep hearing. Yeah, but the the fact that that New England really should be four and zero without Tom Brady is like the scariest thing of all this football season. Because I'm eagerly, or not eagerly, but I'm definitely anticipating. Uh, Brady, angry Brady coming back and just raining hellfire on the entire league. Yeah, angry Brady is sitting on my fantasy football team's bench right now, and I cannot wait for angry Brady to unleash hell. As the I wish I had angry team. Brady sitting on my fantasy football team because my quarterbacks are garbage. I have Russell Wilson, who's done poo, and um, Tyrod Taylor, who I can't. So I have the debate of um, who do I play this week because I, I don't want to play either one. 
I would play Russell Wilson with one leg over Tyrod Taylor against the Patriots. Well, my 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 other terrible thought is, uh, do I pick up Sam Bradford and play him in the Monday night game against the Giants? Oh, that's I didn't even think about that. Wow, that's, that's my that's what it's come down to for you. That's that's my options at quarterback this week, and it's not pretty. I even thought about uh, Trevor, what, Simeon, but uh, he, he's already been taken and was way, way overpaid to get. I wouldn't take Tyrod against the, I wouldn't take anyone playing against the Patriots. I can't. I can't. New England Absolutely not. No. But don't you – but there's a small delusional part of me that has seen Tyrod do things against the Patriots. I, he hasn't been like incredibly successful, but I could just see him just have one of these – wacky games where he he throws for like 110 but he also rushes for 70 and two touchdowns that happened last week and just like you told me a second ago take your virginia tech alumni hat off it's it's not happening i get so pissed off every time virginia tech alums blow their load on social media every time tyrod taylor does something perhaps i'm a little jaded that way um but i'm like just no it, it, just take it off. It's it's New England. Don't bet against them at home. I don't even like New England. That's true. Don't oh, bet yeah. against them at home. They they never lose at home. What what are they over like the past fifteen years at Gillette Stadium? They've lost like twelve games. Period. I, it's ridiculous. Like just don't bet against them at home. Yeah. Um, also, as a fantasy football owner of Sammy Watkins, the Bills need to shut this charade down of, is Sammy Watkins going to play this week? Is Sammy Watkins going to play? Maybe he's going to play. I don't know if he's going to play. They need to shut this shit down. He has a bad foot. I can't remember if it's a fracture or something like that, but it's basically what Kevin Durant had. It's what Des Bryant had. It's what, who else am I missing that had the same foot injury recently? That's like, it's not good. And this yeah. is a long-term injury. It's it's another basketball player and it's escaping me. It's I can't remember right now. But anyway, they're like they're trying to do this week to week orthotic shoe crap and it's like just shut him down. Even yeah. I'm at this point I'm like he's on my roster, just shut him down so I can put him on IR and pick up someone else. It's it's stop this nonsense. Sammy Watkins is not going to play this season. If he plays, he's going to run five or seven plays at most and then realize ouch my foot hurts. Yeah, so speaking of like players that got dropped too early, Sammy Watkins in another league was dropped last week and I was all jazzed up to get him and I put in a reasonable bid and got outbid. Now I'm kind of glad I didn't get him. You should be glad. Unless there's like some keeper element, which I don't think in that league you have. So No, there is not. So I'm already yeah, I do feel bad for the guy. Yeah, he was set, he was I was so sure this guy was going to have a monster season this year. Like all he was going to his fourth year. The guy's an athletic freak. His last 8 games last season were awesome. Like he was going to have a big year. Messed up his I, foot in the off season and it hasn't been the same since. Yeah. No, they definitely need to shut it down and um and but th- they won't because Rex Ryan's too terrified uh to lose his job cuz he's he totally going to get totally getting fired. I don't know if it, he'll make it through the season. Or not, but we'll, we'll see. We'll, we'll keep watching that hot seat. I like New England at five and a half. I'm not even absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, I agree with that. All right. Speaking of quarterbacks, back to you. We're taking Seattle. The line has moved to two and a half. I think it was one and a half early when the line. It was opened. one and a half. Uh, Seattle's now two and a half point favorites over the Jets, which tells you the public sentiment against the Jets, um, even with Russell Wilson really banged up entering this game he i don't and, and it's not a definite he plays if i was uh pete carroll i wouldn't play him they've got a bye next week why wouldn't you give the guy two weeks off he's been hurting since week one get him straight and then um go go on your second second half of the season tear 
why are why are you trying to push your luck here? Yeah, it's Seattle. I mean, except it'd be Trayvon Boykins. Trevon Boykin is fine. I mean, whatever. He's not an NFL quarterback. He's a rookie. He's, you know, he played at TCU. He's a spread guy, whatever. He's a placeholder. They probably could have done better at the backup quarterback position, but it is what it is. I mean, honestly, like, let's say Seattle loses. They fall to two and two. They're going to be tied with, well, depending on what happens with the Cardinals that are one and two right now. And they'll the be Rams. tied. The Rams. Let's say the Rams magically somehow get the to Rams three and one. The Rams are two and one. That's a joke. The, God. The, the Rams could get to three and one, and I'd still put a lot of money that they'll finish three and 13. That's a Jeff Fisher coach team. Fuck them. Like that's just, there's nothing to get excited about. Um, it's actually not a bad theory about just, Hey, saying, look, sit out, take the extra week. Cause I wouldn't want to subject him to further punishment against the defensive line of the jets with Leonard Williams, Muhammad Wilkerson and the return Sheldon Richardson. Like no thanks, especially behind that offensive line that he's playing that the Seattle right. has. No. Yeah, I mean, haven't we learned from like basically all professional sports that it's all about making the playoffs and being healthy going into the playoffs? You, you can't tell me that they couldn't just kind of somewhat punt this game and get their star quarterback healthy for the rest of the season, and that wouldn't benefit them. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it, it's it's one of those things. Like, if you get into the playoffs with a ten and six record, no one gives a shit because it just matters what you do when you get into the playoffs. Exactly. They were two and two through four games last year, and they were within five minutes of upsetting the Panthers and advancing to the AFC title, uh, NFC title game. And they probably would have beat the Cardinals on that game as well. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I think they're gonna from everything Pete Carroll's been saying this week, like they're gonna trot him out, which great. that's that's just crazy. Um, but cool, if that's what you really want to do. See that, but this is why uh, you understand my thought process. Am I not better off with Sam Bradford this week? We get better off with over him over Tyrod. Yes, I. I him over. Yeah, you, you convinced me because I, I I wouldn't even pl- want to play Russell Wilson even if he is. Although, well, and then the, the other the other side point is you know Seattle going from West Coast to East Coast. They're a terrible road team. I I it just this one just does, I so. I'm my, I'm actually picking the Jets. Oh, you are a bold man. Um, I'm a. You got to be a bold man to, to to play in this game. Ryan Fitzpatrick against the Seattle's pass defense, and I know it was one game, but six interceptions. <laughs> the the, the J- on, Jake Delhomme game. It, New York is in the bottom third of the NFL in passing yards. Their nine point seven yards per attempt is dead last in the NFL. I, I, I even feel like Trevon Boykin and that pass defense could cover the two and a half points against the Jets. I think. The Jets were good last year, as we've talked about a lot. Once they yeah, but they, the they sold their soul they sold to be good last good year. Season. Yeah, for yeah. one average season, it's, that wasn't even good. They didn't even make the playoffs. They were ten and six. They made the playoffs. Also, okay. Mike McCagnan winning Executive of the, of the Year last year over Scott McLuhan is still one of my great beefs of all time. Scott McLuhan was the Executive of the Year last year. I'm a little biased, but slightly. Um, I'm taking Seattle. I, I I just can't. It's. I, <laughs> See, I think. See, I'm 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 rolling that dice, baby, because because I figure either Fitzpatrick's going to rebound and have a, a a fairly reasonable game, or he's just going to get sucked into this abyss of a black hole and we'll never see him again. He'll I'm just not, be done. I'm not betting on Fitz magic. There's just no. It's it's not happening. You, you think he's been delomed? De- de- he's just one of those guys. Like he's a drunken sailor. Like he can. He might hit. You know. He There's might no hit drunken once. sailors coming out of Harvard. <laughs> That's true. They're all intellectual beardos. Everybody loves them. 
Have you seen Cam Newton's beard? It's like multicolored now, by the way. Segwaying into Carolina oh and Atlanta. He's got like a like a bronze streak in his little King Tut beard that he's got going. I'm not so, so sure I, about it. I've got a a buddy at work who's a Carolina fan. I just he just arbitrarily just decided he wanted to be a Carolina fan. And after last week's performance, he's he's burning his Cam Newton jersey. He's I, done with him. I wouldn't he's, go that he's far. done. He's done with his antics. He's done with his 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 showmanship and his his tomfoolery in press conferences. Did you see his Mr. Peanut outfit at the last press conference where he had the Russell Wilson gla- um, Russell Westbrook glasses? Yeah, with no with no yeah. lenses. Yeah, yep. Just just freaking dress like a human being and play freaking football. You mean but... looking like Mr. Peanut is not <laughs> dressing like a human being? No, no, it's not. It's, it, that's dressing like a peanut. So the Panthers have lost more games this season than they did between November 2014 and December 2015 in a 13-month span. Yeah, but that was an amazing streak. It so, was. I mean, you can't, like, really... They only lost one regular season game between that span, and they've already lost two regular season games. And they got their ass kicked at uh, in Carolina. Minnesota's defense is scary. It's a whole lot of awesome. They've it got... is. They've got a great defensive line. They've got some great linebackers, and they have some very good uh, players in the secondary. There's no holes. They're There's the, no holes. They're the poster child of building through the draft, just talking about the Vikings for a second. They have first-round picks on every level of the defense, every single level. They have a first-round pick in the middle in Sherry Floyd. They have a first round, two first-round picks. No, at least they have Anthony Barr. God knows if Chad Greenway is even there. Xavier Rhodes in secondary, and Trey Waynes, who's whatever. Harrison Smith's one of the four best safeties or five best safeties in the NFL. They're stinking loaded, and they are really, really good. And Everson Griffin, I think it was a third or fourth round pick, was right. awesome. Three sacks last week. Three I sacks think. on Cam Newton. Yeah. Who I, who's not hard to bring down, or easy to bring down, I should say. The Redskins were so close to signing Linval Joseph. The Vikings signed him, and he's one of the best defensive tackles in the game right now. He is such a beast. He's awesome. And all the Giants are like, why do we let him go? Yeah. Good job, Jerry you're, Reese. Because you're idiots and you have a terrible general manager. Secret storyline. Jerry Reese is also one of the five or seven worst general managers in the league, but no one ever talks about it because it's the Giants. Right, and he'll be fired next year. Next year. He he sold their soul this offseason. Did you – also, I don't know if you saw this, but at the uh, Falcons-Saints Monday night game, I think was the lowest rated game in Monday night football history. Well, it kind of went up against the debate, which it was a, a train wreck of a debate that was somewhat entertaining to watch. 100 million Americans still watched it, yeah. yeah. I mean watched yeah. – witnessed the live train wreck. So no one saw Devontae Parker uh, – Devontae Parker. Devontae Freeman Devon- put up 150 right. yards. Or, and- or uh, Te- Tevin Coleman scored three touchdowns in the first half. Yeah, the Saints defense. Good lord. Um, I don't think the Falcons are good. I, I've always been. I don't just, I like to call them Fifty Shades of Fifty Shades of Meh. Like that's yeah. just what they are. Like it, nothing about them inspires me. Julio Jones is banged up, which is another reason why I I just I had the number two pick in the draft this year in our fantasy draft. I'm like I'm not taking Julio Jones. I love Julio Jones as a player, but I'm like I just don't trust him. Like I all- did not trust him. So in like an 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 redraft league. I had Beckham over him all day long. Which I would have probably done if Beckham was actually available in our semi-keeper league. I, I probably well, – I don't know what I would have done because I hate Odell Beckham because he plays for the Giants. So 
But I just sitting there with the number two pick, and I'm like, I just don't feel comfortable taking Julio Jones because there's again standard deviation week to week is too high. He's always dealing with nagging injuries. And so that's why you traded out. That's why one of the big reasons I traded out. I didn't want the number two pick. I did, I really didn't want it, and I felt like the guy who I wanted to get at number five, who I ended up changing my mind to the last second to fat Eddie Lacy, um, I had was more comfortable with him. But that player shall rename a secret. Oh damn it! For competitive purposes, I wanted to know. It's been killing me. I couldn't believe when you took Fat Eddie Lacy because I'm like, idiot. It was literally one of those things where like, I had this player targeted for five months. I'm like, this is the guy I'm going to take at number five. This is the guy I'm going to take. This is why I traded number five. I feel like I can get this guy at number five. Every mock draft I've, I went through said, this guy's going to be there at number five. And then like three or four days before the draft, I'm like, shit, I don't know if I should take this guy. I, like For three months, I had my mindset on it. And then like three days before, I'm like, I kind of like Fat Eddie Lacy. I was like, I, I think they're going to give him the ball. He lost a bunch of weight in the offseason. Like, I think this is going to work. Like, I, I, I you know, he's, he was a consistent 1,150-yard guy every year, eight touchdowns, 1,500 combined yards. And I'm like, I think I can roll with that. Because I'm like, the first round was just such a crapshoot. I mean, you took Gronk. Look how that worked out. Um, yeah, it's, it's gone beautifully for me. Tim took Doug Zero Martin. Zero points in three weeks. Tim, has, I think, took Doug Martin with the ninth pick. Look how that worked out. Look how Julio Jones worked out with the second pick. I mean, the fucking best pick was the one we made fun of the most. It was with stupid Matt Ari Forte. taking Matt Forte. God damn it. Right? I, I was literally laughing out loud at that pick and, again, looked like an idiot for that. Um, I can't I can't shame my Gronk pick until the season's over. No, it's still way too early. I mean, yeah. I don't think – I think once Brady's back, everything changes and Gronk is going to be Gronk again. It's still – And then hopefully he'll early. save my season. I won't go that far because Russell Wilson is still banged up. But and that, Todd, he's, and Todd yeah. Gurley is killing you at the moment, as he's killing a lot of. People. Well, he had a good third week. Three, he he was excellent, but the first two weeks he was actually uh, absolutely putrid. He had like fifty yards each game. All right, Carolina minus three at Atlanta. I got to go, Carolina. I'm going to go contrarian here, and I'm taking Atlanta. Not because I think Atlanta's good, but I think Carolina, they have the post-Super Bowl hangover. And the last time they went to Atlanta, they lost as well. They lost over there as well. Um, I don't think Atlanta's a good team. I just, I'm not 100% sure Carolina's a good team. I'm not 100% sure. The defense is good. I just think that offense is wonky right now. It is. I, I'm, I'm not going to argue with you. I could go either way on this game. I just think... Carolina needs this game way more than they do. Else. They absolutely do. But uh, I mean, what is it? The, the Super Bowl loser never doesn't. Super Bowl loser typically doesn't even make the playoffs. It's like fifty percent of the time they won't even make the playoffs the next season, and they have never made it since I think two thousand or nineteen ninety. Like in the mid nineties, they haven't even made it past the second round of the playoffs. And the only one who got to the second round was like Seattle a couple of years ago after losing to the Patriots. Uh, Detroit. This is another awful game. Detroit three point favorites, laying three to Chicago. That's how. How is that? Because Chicago. The people in is, Vegas not watched how bad the Bears are. Oh, you think it should be higher? Which I would agree with you. Yes. Yeah. So I have to, I'm going to say I picked Detroit. Yeah. I, I, um. I I, I, I think Sam Bradford's going to throw for 380 yards and three touchdowns minimum. Messed up. Sorry. Yeah. God Lord. Sam Bradford on the mind. Yes. These these uh, debates in my head, I can't get them out. But uh, yeah, no, Detroit's actually even though Detroit has like the the biggest corpse of a head coach in the world, I, I I think they absolutely murder them. I mean, Chicago, I 
I think almost anybody, anybody that's six foot four and 250 pounds could play on uh, the Bears defense right now. Do you remember those old Ninja Turtle movies in the 1990s where they were like big Muppets, right? Yeah. Are we sure Jim Caldwell's not a Muppet? Oh, he's absolutely a Muppet. Right? Like, have you ever heard him talk? I don't think I've actually heard him talk. No, I think his mouth moves and noise comes from somewhere. He might be like one of those figures at Chuck E. Cheese that he moves, but like it's a pre-recorded track in the background. I'm pretty sure that's Jim Caldwell. I'd buy that. That notwithstanding, uh, the Bears' last Sunday night's game was miserable. It was so, so bad. Unless you're a Cowboys fan, that game was painful to watch. And I love football as much as anyone. That game was savage. Like, it was just, it was a, it was an assault on the football fans' senses. Like, the Bears are just so, so bad. And I really like them coming into this season. I thought they were kind of my sleeper team. I'm like, they've got a good team. Nope. No, they don't. I mean, they, they had a good team, and then half the guys are injured. They're ravaged by injuries. I mean, Eddie Goldman and in, and in, uh, in, uh, what's the middle linebacker's name that they signed from Danny Trevathan. Danny Trevathan. They so they two best players on defense basically gone. Cutler, who knows if he's your best player on offense. Alshon Jeffrey again injured, getting sick of this. Yep, um, he's been on my team for the last two years. Me too. I have him in my other league, and he's. Always has something gone wrong with him. He was he was one of those picks where I, I was like, dang it, I'll take Alshon Jeffries. I just didn't want him. In three games, the Bears have been scored outscored by thirty eight points. Wow, that's it's that's their, terrible. Their negative thirty eight point differential is like not even close. The worst in the NFL. Um, Marvin Jones just dropped two hundred yards. Uh, granted, a lot of it garbage time against the Packers. It's just it's not a good situation. Good look for the Bears. The Bears mailed in that Monday night game against the Eagles. And I know the Eagles are whatever right now, and I don't even want to get into that, but like they mailed in that game. They no showed. It was they're for a John Fox coach team, they suck. That's what surprises me. They should be way better coached. They and, suck. Yeah. I think no, they're the, terrible. As the, I think we both made in our notes before this. The only good thing about them is Jeremy Langford getting injured. Because yeah. rookie Jordan Howard might be the best running back. He was the best running no, he, back on. No, he is nights. the best running back. Yeah. on that team, um, and so you know he's everybody's uh, you know pickup this week. Unfortunately, Tim took him a week early in our yeah, league. That was some some nice premonition on that one. I was like, I, he was one of these guys I had my radar like in, in you know yep. over the summer where I was like, I need to watch this guy, but you know you don't want to overpay. Yep. You want somebody, but you don't want to overpay. So I'm like, I'll just, I'll just hold on to this. And then I'm like, oh, I got to pull this one out of my. Nope, he's already, he's already, already taken. gone. He's already so gone. if if you are in a ten team league, dynasty. See, I don't know how important he is in a non dynasty league. I don't think there's much value because I think they'll try to force feed Jeremy Langford when he's back again. Right. I don't. I don't think in a standard, you know, redraft league, he's that valuable that you know you need to blow your free agency wad to get him. No, but in keeper leagues or dynasty leagues, absolutely, I'm with you. Uh, yeah, totally. So but, we're both going Detroit minus three on that one. I think that's my lock of the week. But you know what? <laughs> I thought Pittsburgh was last week. At that point. Um. Speaking of clunkers, Tennessee at Houston, Houston laying five. So is AFC South like the boringest uh, league to uh, division to follow? It's the most underperforming. They're just – I don't give a crap about any of the teams. So Mike Malarkey, I think if you had to play Survivor, 
he's a worse head coach than even Gus Bradley, and Gus Bradley has a twelve and thirty nine record. As we just Mike Malarkey about. should have never been hired. He was a, just, like when they hired him, everybody's like, "What?" That really? was this basically guy? like you saying that the entire toilet is flooded with poo, and instead of fixing the poo because that would get dirty, we'll just leave the toilet full of poo. <laughs> that was just just keep pooing in it, <laughs> right? And we'll just, just get some buckets. We'll be fine. That was the Titans' decision with Mike Malarkey this offseason. Um, he was that also the Texans' decision on the quarterback? Oh God! So as I've they're mentioned, like, we've had tons of poo, so <laughs> more poo can't can't hurt us. I liked so I I had the genius idea, which it backfired in my face because I got smoked in week one anyway by our buddy Amit. But. Um, I had I wasn't comfortable with Philip Rivers in week one. Can't remember who the Chargers played. Oh, they played the Chiefs in week one. So I was like, you know what? While, while I'm waiting for Brady, I'm going to stick Brock Osweiler as my quarterback in week one, playing against a bad Bears defense. Like, this might be a good matchup for him. So I watched a lot on Red Zone of the Bear, of the uh, Texans and Bears week one. Osweiler sucks. Like, it's not just me saying this from a fantasy football box score perspective. No, if you watch Brock Osweiler, Brock Osweiler sucks. And... He's got – he's one of those guys that he just – he's kind of like – he's a tall Jay Cutler, but not even as good. Like he just relies on his arm. It's all arm. There's no touch. Every throw is a fastball. Um, it's one look and huck it, and some of the passes aren't even close. Like if I was DeAndre Hopkins or if I owned DeAndre Hopkins in fantasy football, I would be irate because he sucks. It's really not that much difference than what Brian Hoyer was doing last year, except for the fact that Brian Hoyer was throwing a bunch of interceptions. And then Brock Osweiler's like six seven. Right, and he's that's making about the only difference. He's making million dollars a year. Oh my! So I, this is like way too soon for this, but John Elway is just laughing his ass off every day, all day. John uh, John Elway looks smarter and smarter every single week. So in uh, what was the what's the movie with Al Pacino where he's the devil? With Keanu Reeves, I know what you're talking about. It's escaping me right now as well. And there's the the scene where they're at like the restaurant, and like he's just smiling his ass off, and then like the girl comes out from under the table. That's why I picture John Elway is he's just got a girl under the table all day long, and he's laughing his ass off because he's like, I am smarter than everybody. He goes, I let that tall idiot go. I got this freaking smart ass quarterback. That is uh, more than capable of running our offense better than um, an ancient uh, Peyton Manning. I'm going to look like a genius this year. And he – damn it, he was right. The movie was The Devil's Advocate. Thank you. Yep. <clears throat> you know, the Houston looks so good in theory on paper, but as any Redskins fan should know, you don't win shit on paper. Um, Brock Osweiler, everyone's like, ah, oh, Brock Osweiler is this infusion of leadership and talent at the quarterback position. It's going to be so good this year. And then Lamar Miller, Lamar Miller's a top five running back. Lamar Miller's played really well this season. Their offensive line is another pile of hot garbage. So yeah. again, watching a lot of the Texans this year, because I have vested interest with Lamar Miller as my running back. He runs straight into the line and there's nothing there. He runs into an offensive lineman's back or a defender's arms on every goddamn play. Like he is 25 carries for three. 27 yards and at least at least at least he's getting the ball in Houston as opposed to what he did in Miami but like there's nowhere for him to go it's he's not a disappointing player he's in a disappointing shit circumstance it's so frustrating to watch they give him the ball plenty he's got nowhere to go yeah so if we put our hokey hats back on Dwayne Brown his his career is over right he's done Dwayne Brown's done 
I was just still astonished that Dwayne Brown was a first round pick, but he was actually good in Houston. Um, yeah, no, he was excellent, but lately, no, he's not there anymore. Yeah. All right, I'm going to take a quick break, and I'm going to give a shout-out to our good friends at K&N Engineering. And I wanted to remind everyone that K&N's replacement air filters are designed to increase horsepower, improve vehicle performance, and provide excellent engine protection that lasts the life of your car, truck, or motorcycle. And as the original performance filter of NASCAR, K&N's air filters are made from multiple layers of oil cotton filter that provide superior airflow, resulting in crisper throttle response and more torque throughout the engine RPM range. And they also have excellent filtration to ensure long engine life. They're easy to install, even for an idiot like me, and come with a worry-free million-mile limited warranty. So stop buying cheap, throwaway paper air filters again and again, and go to knfilters.com slash podcast. That's knfilters.com slash podcast, and get a great deal on a replacement air filter with free shipping. And if you mention podcast or you go to knfilters.com slash podcast, you'll get a free hat as well. So once again, knfilters.com slash podcast, and see why millions of KNN filters have been sold since 1969. I actually do think you could change a filter and put a K&N air filter in. Let's not get wild and crazy here. I really do think you could do it. And it and they're only like slightly more expensive than a cheap throwaway, and you can use them multiple multiple times. So, so Good for the environment. It's it, Yeah, it is, and it's good for your pocketbook, and it gets you better gas mileage and increased horsepower. So, but, so segue to horsepower or the lack thereof, Baltimore <laughs> – Hosting Oakland. Wait, we never made our picks for oh, Houston, Tennessee. We picks. Houston minus five. Good call. Thank you. Ooh, ooh, ugh. Yeah, that's, uh, that's exactly how I. Feel. I'm gonna, I'm gonna take Tennessee. Just I'm, be. I'm not taking Tennessee to win. I'm taking the points I'm, as well. I, I'm with you. I, I just don't think Houston covers. Yeah, I am taking the points. I, I'm so out on te- on Houston right now, and I've got. Like I said, well, JJ Watts out for the season. Yeah, that's another. I don't, kick I don't trust Clowney. I mean. It, it, Clowney's Talk been good, but not as, as not the primary. Like Clowney is not in the old Superman, Batman, Robin basketball analogy. Clowney's not Superman yet. Like he's not but your guy. JJ Watt was like Lawrence Taylor, where like you yes. had to game plan against him, and he could make any defense awesome. Watt wasn't I mean, right all season. Like, he just he was never no. right all, all, all not this year. Like, I'm, that, so I'm I'm not surprised that they pulled the plug. They should. When, they should. When when you go into the season and he has a back injury, you're like, yeah, no, that's not going to get better. Yeah, yeah. Keep going against a 320 pound lineman. See how your back feels. Yeah, that's that doesn't seem like a, a the ideal idea. Back to Baltimore at Oakland. Baltimore is laying three and a half. So my favorite stat about the Ravens: the Ravens are three and zero, and they've scored four touchdowns this season. Yeah, and they suck. They're the they're worst three and zero, and they suck. They're the worst three and zero team. In, mm-hmm. I mean, three and zero team probably ever. To be completely honest with you. Um, Justin Joe Tom- Flacco is an average quarterback. Just Joe Flacco is not an average quarterback. Joe Flacco is well below average. I will yeah. fight that tooth and nail. Um, Justin Tucker is not only their most leading scorer, he's also the MVP of my fantasy team. Oh, excellent. Yeah. If it wasn't Justin Tucker is the only one I can count on every week to get me double digit points. That's how good my fantasy team is. Yeah, you're you know, that's well, you're better than mine, so I can't say shit. The Browns' wins are against the Bills. The Browns, uh, excuse me, the Baltimore's wins are against the Bills, Browns, and Jaguars. So, congratulations! Wow, they they beat Pooh. Right. Um, Oakland has to win this game. Like, there's no there's no doubt in my mind. Oakland wins this game. They looked awful in on defense anyway for the first two weeks. Like, they just looked yeah, and then slow. they like completely woke up. 
Yeah, and then last like week David Emerson, around. who like every Redskin fan has to hate. Yep. Like you just have to hate that. God damn it. He was him and, and uh, Sean Smith were like the highest graded players or cornerbacks by ProFootballFocus.com. They had excellent week threes. Excellent. I don't understand how Baltimore is thinks that rolling with Mike Wallace and you know the forty three year old Steve Smith. Though I hope Steve Smith didn't hear me say that. And Rashad Perriman, whatever, if he ever contributes, was a good idea. And they're like, well, we're going to give Joe Flacco more weapons. Okay, I'm still waiting for when you're going to give Joe Flacco more weapons. Well, they but, got him Dennis P- Pitta. Right. Who actually I did – I totally feel for. You know, the guy had – he was on like the the precipice of being awesome and then he had a catastrophic injury. Yeah, injury and then he tried to come back and another catastrophic injury. And now he's back and he's playing really well. So, I mean, I, I do feel for that guy. and I'm, I'm, it's, it's nice to see him succeeding, but I, I think Oakland wins this game. I'm or, taking Oakland as well. Partially because – Absolutely. I'm, not even partially, mostly because I I'm not I'm not taking the points. I'm taking I'm taking the win. You're going to Oakland full-blown. Yep. Well, I mean – Yep, absolutely. Yeah, I'm going – I'm sticking with you or I'm, I'm, I'm with you. I, I, I... Oakland needs this game because if they win this game – um, it really establishes them as a top team in the AFC. That's a great point. Oakland's back is against the wall a little more than Baltimore's. Baltimore's can be like, yeah, well, we're still three and one after this game. So right. Uh, Denver three point favorites traveling to Tampa Bay. Why is it so low? Can we? So listening to all the preseason podcasts and, and prognostications, and people were all over Tampa Bay over the in. It seems to be like there's a few cult people who like to talk about Tampa Bay every single preseason. Like, first it was a joke and stuff, but like this year they're like, no, no, this is the year. Tampa Bay is going to be really good. How? Like, how are they going to be really good? The offensive line is still a work in progress. They lost their best offensive lineman, Logan Mankins, retired. Do you really trust Doug Martin to have two good seasons in a row? Absolutely not. No, clearly not, as he's already been proven. Mike Evans is awesome. But Vincent Jackson's fallen off a cliff. And he's, then, he's a turd sandwich. What else do they have after that? Like Adam Humphreys, nice. He's a, basically a taller Cole Beasley type of player. But then what after that? Defensively, like Levante David, Quan Alexander, super athletic linebackers. But they have one good player in their entire secondary, and Vernon Hargraves is a rookie. The defensive line is still a whatever. Like Gerald McCoy is great, but that's about it. Like, But this is you're trying to convince me that this team is going to compete in the NFC. I just don't get it. And then everyone's like, well, Jameis Winston's going to make the leap. And then everyone lost their shit after week one when he threw four touchdowns against the, the Buccaneers, uh, the Falcons. And then what? He's throwing five to He's, six interceptions over the next two games. Right. I, he would lead the league in interceptions if um, uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick didn't throw six last week. So, the last two games, the Buccaneers have given up 97 points. Yeah. I, I just it, this is this is what happens when we everyone kind of gets behind a young team, and I mean, not that I'm one to talk, because I was all over the Jaguars. I mean, I, I as a seven win team, but let's slow our roll on Jameis Winston. And I like Jameis Winston. I think neck up, he's got what it takes to be a good quarterback. But let's slow down before we start putting him in the you know the top quarter of quarterbacks in the league, which a lot of people are ready to do. And I'm like, he's gonna get there, but there's still issues with his accuracy and 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 you know just flat-out development that before we go ahead and anoint him. He's only played 20 games in the NFL. Like, let's slow our roll a little bit. No, I mean, I totally agree. I mean, it takes... 
I, I think he's going to be excellent. I thought I thought he was going to have a very good year, and from a fantasy fantasy perspective, I thought he would be an excellent backup. Exactly, a nice backup but quarterback. I'm all. There I was, was totally no wrong. way I was going to roll with the season and and expect him to be my one and only quarterback. And as you said, I mean Denver's only getting only giving three points. It, the offense is good, as we're talking about Trevor Simeon. Like Simeon's doing exactly what needs to be done in the context of the offense. Like get the ball to the right people and don't screw up. And the defense, I was bearish on the defense entering the season, and like lots of things, again, I am wrong. They are nasty. They are just flat out nasty again. CJ Anderson, by getting back to the offense for a second, CJ Anderson's been really good. And like the stats yeah. may not say it, but he's been really good. He's been excellent. Excellent. Like he's one of those guys. I think last year he started. You know, he had a shit start, and then he had broke really. Uh, he broke well late in the set in the season. But like this year, he's been off to a great start. He looks so good in the first couple of games. I didn't get a close look at last week, but yeah, no, you have to. There's no question that Denver covers this. There's no question. Yeah, I I, I don't see how Denver's. I don't see how Tampa Bay is even getting within three of Denver. No, um, I'm, I'm surprised this isn't like ten. Yeah, if the line was like, you know, Denver laying six, I would have been like, yeah, that makes about sense. Like, I think there's still some residual, like, well, Tampa Bay's a good team. Like, Tampa Bay's not no, a good team. No, no, their defense is abysmal. And and Denver is just going to obliterate Winston. He's going to have a three-pick game. Yeah. And and Simeon's going to do just enough to get him by. And they're going to, you know, C.J. Anderson's going to do what he does. And they'll be fine. It's like, well, you know. Winston will relieve, you know, uh, the running game will relieve Winston. No, no, it's not going to do that. That's 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 not how it works. Well, and, I hope so because I do have Charles Sims. Yeah, and Charles Sims is a nice dual threat running back. He is like a that. great PPR uh, play. Great PPR running back, but he's not a twenty-five carry running back. Absolutely back by not. Any stretch. Absolutely I mean, he's not. kind of in the Danny Woodhead when he's healthy, Shane Vereen type of mold. He's better than Shane Vereen. Shane Vereen's garbage. Yeah. Shane Vereen's a piece of shit. How do you really feel yep. about Shane Vereen? He, he's, he, he can never stay healthy. He can't stay healthy. So, I mean, I ain't got time for that. You know, nobody in the, in the NFL has time for players that can't stay on the damn field. You don't make the club in the tub. You don't make the club in the tub. True words have never been spoken. Yeah. So, so Dallas at San Francisco. Dallas laying three. <laughs> You know, you hear, your, you hear your boy Des Bryant uh, is hairline fracture of the knee, but they're go, but they're going to they're going to play him. They're, they're going to play, play him. him. You're going to play a guy with a fractured knee. Just just tell that to yourself. Well, he's got a fracture in his knee, but we're going to try to play him anyway. He's got a fracture in his knee. Is this fucking varsity blues, and we're just going to pump him with the uh, painkillers? Are you kidding? Yeah. Yeah, I I don't I don't get I it serves me right you know two years in a row I said screw it you know I'm gonna take Des Bryant I I just I couldn't let him drop any further in in our draft and I'm just gonna get screwed again. He fell to the late second round, which in our keeper league draft, which is razor thin, that's that was saying something because the second round I think guys like Julian Edelman and Andrew Luck went before Des Bryant. Um, I had to take him. You had to take him. It wasn't a bad value. I, I didn't want to take him. He it was could, good value, but man, is he screwing me over again? Um, the interesting thing I would think with Dez, outside of the fact that I can't stand him, is that um, he again had that foot injury last year. I think it was a Liz Frank injury. Um, right. And 
again, those injuries manifest themselves in so many different ways, like whether it's a knee, a hamstring, a groin or whatever, like it, cause you overcompensate and then you're screwing up other parts of your bodies. And I really wonder, like, is that kind of coming to fruition with him that, you know, one injury is kind of starting to take side effects in other parts of his body. I mean, I don't care. His leg could fall off and I wouldn't be happier, but yeah, I know, but that's notwithstanding. I also hate the fact that, you know, Dax Prescott hates throwing the ball to him. You know, yeah, Dax just... Prescott does hate throwing the ball to him. He I'm, a, just... I'm a big believer, and I think this is – I'd love to find further analytics on this. Like quarterbacks have their guys, and like they're just more comfortable throwing to certain receivers, and they develop rapports with certain receivers, and Dak Prescott doesn't have that with Des Bryant. It's just not there. But he does with Cole Beasley. He loves him some Cole Beasley. He loves him that's some because, Jason Witten. That's because he can do the dump, yeah. you know, the, the, the short throws, get me out of trouble – and I know that you're going to do something uh, after the catch. Yeah. I mean, Dak Prescott, I, I think it was after the first week, they said like he didn't throw – he threw like one pass after the past 10 yards, and I haven't seen it over the last couple of weeks, but he is a big dump-off guy. Cole Beasley has one catch over 20 yards, and that was this past uh, Sunday night. There you go. And he's been in the league, what, four years, five years? <sighs> Enough that he should have a catch over 20 damn yards. That's a, oh. By principle, but, I never pick Dallas to win, and I will continue to never pick Dallas to win. So thus, I will take San Francisco. But I have no. I will, I, I will absolutely throw, take Dallas because I just. I'm throwing away that this pick. Is, you got to take emotion out of this game. So, you you got to pick who you think is going to win. Not with Washington and not with Dallas. God. It, See, I get San, San Francisco. I get in this argument with my wife, and like last week, she's like. Should I take the the Giants or the or the Redskins? I'm like, well, take the Giants. She goes, but I want the Redskins to win. I said that doesn't matter. You can still want them to win, but you're making picks on what you think reality will be. So as my buddy Kumar used to say all the time last year, he goes, always pick the Redskins to lose because you're happy no matter what. When they when they lose, you correctly picked it, and if the Redskins win, then you're happy. Yeah. No, I don't like that. But yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you. But it, the logic was sound. See, I still pick reality because if they lose a game that I think they're going to win, I'm going to be pissed. Anyways, I don't care if I pick them to lose; I'm still going to be pissed. I think San Francisco is one of the most worthless teams in the NFL right now. And if yeah. I could lay, lay a bet that Chip Kelly will be in college football again by the end of 2017, I would place lots and lots of money on that. Yeah, I think he makes it through this season, but probably not next season. If I was LSU, I'd call Chip Kelly. Yeah, why not? I think he takes the job. I, I think, think he would because he's like he knows he's over his freaking head. Yeah, I think he and he knows it. that he can get away with his charades yep. in uh, in college football. Yeah, I would totally. If I'm LSU, I would call Chip Kelly. But it, all right, on another subject, if you're a college uh, team looking for a head coach, uh, Les Miles is, is that's a very appealing option. Les Miles is one of those guys who's like to put it into NFL parlance. Like he's gonna get, he's like he's not Marvin Lewis because Marvin Lewis is a good coach minus circumstances, but he's gonna be like a Marvin Lewis. He's gonna get you the first round of the playoffs every year, and you lose every year. That's Les Miles. Les Miles has I've never seen a college football coach do less with more. It was incredible. LSU for the last five years is the most talented team in the nation. Not even close. The most talented and. The fact that they – I don't think they've been to a BCS Bowl in the last five years is appalling. Yeah. This year's LSU team outside of their horrendous quarterback situation is a fucking all-star team, and they suck. They suck royally. 
I mean, I know my boy Fournette's been banged up, but they still suck. They have the two of the five, two of the seven best receivers in the nation, and they can't throw the ball for shit. How is that possible? It's incredible. Less had to go. Uh, New Orleans, speaking of offensive coaches in that area, New Orleans, three and a half point dogs at San Diego. That's an interesting game. Yeah. So does you like defense? Well, no, it's it's totally going to be a shootout. I think um, Philip Rivers is just going to going to be ripping it, and so is Drew Brees. Does Drew Brees still have a, a chip on his shoulder by being let go? No, I think Drew Brees probably has a chip on his shoulder now because he's approaching forty years old. I think Brees. I think was it you who said that or somebody else? Like Brees is in the keep getting them check stage of his career right now. Yeah, but he's still producing. He's still producing, but I think at this point he's just like, look, I'm gonna go get mine. I don't really give a shit about anything else. Like he's still producing, but that team around him is so bad. It I, is. It's terrible. I really so. I don't think Sean Payton is the problem there. I think they probably do need a new voice in the locker room, and Sean Payton probably should step aside, but I don't think he's the problem. Um, I think he's going to go somewhere else and probably install a good offense if he has a good quarterback. Mickey Loomis, remember what I was saying about, Ricky, about Ryan Grigson? Mickey Loomis is right there up with him. He has year after year made the stupidest free agent signings, like blowing his load with money they don't actually have, and like at stupid crap, like... Two or three years ago, they didn't have any money under the cap, and they somehow signed Jarius Bird to one of the richest contracts in free agency. He right. sucks. Yep. Last year, with all the problems you have on the defense, what did they do? They signed Kobe Fleener. Like, what? Like, I get that you focused on all these players in the draft. You took Sheldon Richardson, who obviously is injured. But with your free agent money, you signed a tight end? Right. How's that working that's going to fix everything for you? Right. And clearly you didn't have any good receivers because Michael Thomas wasn't available in the second round. You didn't have Brandon Cooks already. You didn't have Willie Sneed already. So you went and threw a bunch of money, I think something like five or six million a year, at Kobe Fleener. Whoever was jumping back on after being throwing them to week. the shitter after week two. He is Mr. Because I've played, I've played the Kobe Fleener card for years now. He is one good week and six weeks of well below mediocrity. That is Kobe Fleener in a nutshell. For someone who went to Stanford, that guy's a fucking moron. He is a moron. He doesn't understand simple play calling. He's awful. I thought him and Andrew Luck together was going to be sweet, sweet music from their days at Stanford, going to the NFL. Could not be more wrong. Yeah, you thought it was going to be an easy, easy transition, and it was nothing nothing like that. This game is – I think this is one of the harder games to pick because I just – I don't freaking know. I think San Diego wins. I'm just not comfortable with the line. That's really what it comes down to. San Diego is so snake-bitten. Um, Keenan Allen week one, Danny Woodhead week two, Manti Teo week three. Like every single week they're losing another yeah. key player to injury. Like, it's and, bad. and they're playing in a city that uh, they're, Doesn't care. they're ready to run away from. Yep. A lot of bad juju around that team. Um, I could see them winning this week because they went 2-2 two and two last year over the first four, and then they went 2-10 and ten over the remainder of the season. Ugh. Yeah. <sighs> Can we just do an over-under bet on this one? Because I'm going <laughs> to bet the over. Oh, my God. Oh, crap. I'm, I'm taking shit. I'm taking San Diego just because I'm starting Phillip Rivers this week in, in fantasy, which, you know, that doesn't make any sense whatsoever, and I acknowledge that. I'm going to take San Diego because I'm starting Phillip Rivers in my other league, and every quarterback I start sucks. La-dee-da. That means you should take New Orleans. 
Um, oh, that's what I meant. Sorry. Oh, oh you my did God. Leave New Orleans. Okay. Um, so you just jinxed it. Awesome. Yep. Super jinx. Arizona laying eight to the Rams. I think this is one of the more interesting ones. At home. Arizona's at home laying eight to the Rams. How many touchdowns have the Rams scored? Uh, I think they scored all of their touchdowns last week, which last is four week, yeah. against yeah. Tampa. All of them. Yeah. Um, I don't think they get a touchdown this week, right? Our buddy Matt won his fantasy football matchup starting Carson Palmer with 3.48 points. Carson Palmer had 3.48 points last week in fantasy football. So if you could redo your uh, Independence Day column. Yes, Ben, ben Roethlisberger would be in it. Even with Ben's shaky start to the season and his, his complete vomiting of the bed last week, yes, it would be Ben Roethlisberger. Ben versus Carson Palmer was my toughest decision. Um, ben versus Carson Palmer, Big Ben. Um, I couldn't put Le'Veon Bell, otherwise that was a really tough decision, but Le'Veon Bell played in six games last year, and I think I think it was Brandon Marshall and Julian Edelman at wide receiver was my other toughest decision. Like those are my three ones. And like Ben, I knew that Palmer would, would get the most criticism. I knew that as soon as I published it. Yeah. Well, it's kind of justified. I mean, four interceptions last week against the bills. It's not even like a good team. He had right. four interceptions against the bills. So that was my other, uh, the, the other lock of the week. It was Pittsburgh. And then the other one was Arizona. I was good. Arizona's going to kill the bills. The bills suck. They do suck. And, and the Bills just annihilated them. Annihilated them. People are going to be like, oh, well, you know, they didn't. And it that. wasn't like it, it was like wintertime and you're traveling to right. Buffalo and it's freaking balls cold. No, it's freaking September. It was lovely. I read something that the Cardinals are four and five over their last nine games in the Eastern time zone. And like they have some weird hang up playing in the Eastern time zone, which doesn't really like, I get there's a two or three hour difference, but I'm like, does it really matter that much? I don't. Know. I, I, who it's knows? it's not like it's not like oh I I I'll go to work at eight and now this week I've I've got to be there at five. Yeah, that sucks. Yeah, when I went but out to work like, in Arizona, oh I got to go to work at one instead. Now I got to go at ten. Yeah, ten o'clock. That's really hard. That's going to clearly affect my productivity at that level. No, no, not at all. But you know what? I'm not hanging out at the club still. You know. Five in the morning, night before game. Well, we never hung out at the club to begin with, so that's not here nor there. That's true. But, oh, man, I think I have to take Arizona in this one. Yeah, I think they have to be. They have to be better than what the first three games have indicated. I mean, the first three games tell us that they're, what are they, one and two? One and two. That they're they're, back and forth. Yeah. Arizona, plus they're just their different team at home. They're at home. And Los Angeles is coached by Jeff. Jeff Fisher. Jeff Fisher and they have their quarterback's Case Keenum. So enough said, right? I just ended the sentence at Jeff Fisher. Like it's like, oh wait, Jeff Fisher's the coach. That's right. I, I do. I do find the uh, the celebrity quarterback uh, theory by Bill Simmons to be pretty entertaining. Like I, just would, just put any other quarterback that would be entertaining. I, I don't care. Don't you think Joe Namath like playing quarterback for LA and then slinging the old lady poon after the games would be fantastic to watch? Absolutely. I would totally watch that. Absolutely. Both of them take Arizona. Yep. yep. Kansas City at Pittsburgh. Five and a half. Pittsburgh Pittsburgh is laying five and a half right now. Oh, my God. Big Ben, last Sunday, 12 of 25 for 117 yards, throwing to receivers not named Antonio Brown. 
Right. You have the best receiver in the league and you don't get him the ball. Yeah. But again, Kansas City is like a freaking they're no stallion either. I don't get Kansas City. They confuse me. Their their offensive line is banged up. I, I I'm I'm sorry you can't sell me Spencer Ware and Sharkandrick West as running backs. You just can't sell it to me. You can't sell me Jeremy Macklin as an elite receiver. I'm just not gonna buy that. Their defense is banged up. Marcus Peters is good, maybe great. What else? What else is there on the defense? Uh, sorry, Eric Berry. Eric Berry is also playing awesome. But then what else is there? Like, what else do they have? Everyone was talking up Kansas City before the season. I'm like, I, I don't see it. Like, I know they're good. But I just, I don't see it. And I, I can't really explain why they're good. Well, Alex Smith is an excellent game manager, so exactly, that's why right? they're good. It's, I, I just don't understand. They're like, they're just really good at being average. Average, yeah. Well, it's an Andy Reid team. Right. I mean, every they, every year they're going to f- flutter around 500. They're, they're never going to be terrible, and they're never going to be super awesome. They're, they're just going to – they're either going to be average or good. There's there's no high ceiling, but there's a there's a high floor for that team. So the theory I've been banging on Twitter recently because everyone keeps talking about Jamal Charles returning. Jamal Charles might come back this week. He's not going to play this week. They're going to sit him because the Chiefs are on bye after this week, and Jamal Charles is going to come yeah, that back totally after sense. the bye week. They're not going to play him. Yeah, that, no, that's a good call. Yeah, like they're going to let him. He's ready, but they're just going to you know let let him shake off a little more rust. He's coming back after that, and couldn't be any sooner because I really need him to start playing for my fantasy team. I am. I'm going to take Pittsburgh. Just my home go- field advantage. They've got to get right. That's and what I'm going to do. More so that after shitting the bed as profusely as they shit the bed last week i don't see them gacking for two straight games especially in exactly I, I had pittsburgh for this one yeah i i do like this uh monday night matchup though that could actually be good especially if you do like defense for the non-fantasy inclined crowd right the giants have a surprisingly good well decent defense they're banged up now though and that's why my uh, Sam Bradford thing kind of pops in my head. I snacks Harrison playing. I know he left the game against the Redskins I, I, for a little yeah, bit. Yeah, he should be playing. Okay. Also, snacks Harrison is my new favorite name in the NFL. It is the best nickname. So I was mentioning earlier, or I was I think mentioned on Twitter that I love the fact that the Giants fired Tom Coughlin because of their propensity to melt down in the second half of games. And what did they do last week? Meltdown. Totally melted down. The personal foul play on that complete scrub who the coach, Ben McAdoo, didn't even know who the guy was. He literally said during the game, who is that guy? Um, That was classic. The one that negated the Giants' blocked punt. That was just beautiful. I love watching bad things happen to the Giants, especially when it's a kicking net striking Odell Beckham back in the face. That was also fantastic. Along with, Absolutely. The, along with all the Mortal Kombat memes of uh, Odell Beckham versus Kicking Net, um, I think I just the, I just wa- loved watching him cry like a baby on the sideline because he didn't get the, the little football. So I was texting my cousin. Oh my god, I'm like, he's such a little baby. I'm like, him and Cam Newton nuts. need to get together and you know cry. They <sighs> they can they can share a blanket. Um, it it, it was it was ridiculous. Um. If the Coach of the Year award was going to be handed out right now, is is anyone more deserving than Mike Zimmer? What was that? 
I was saying if the coach of the year award was handed out right now, would it, it would anyone besides should anyone win it besides Mike Zimmer? You you mean the Bengals coach the Redskins should have hired? Yeah, exactly right. Yeah. Um, I, I'll never forgive that one. I remember when they hired Jay Gruden, Mike Zimmer was hired. And I'm like, we hired the wrong guy from Cincinnati. Absolutely, I, it was ridiculous. The Vikings defense held the Panthers to ten points last week when the Panthers averaged forty over the last seven home games. That's just astonishing. One that the Panthers averaged such a ridiculous forty point four point total. Um, and then to, to actually go to their own house and shut them down. Like we were talking and, about earlier, that defense owned uh, owned them. And what was up with Cam not throwing the ball? Didn't Kelvin Benjamin finish with zero targets, which was inc- no, incredible? One. Was one, one target, zero catches. Somebody was joking before the game. They're like, Kelvin Benjamin must have screwed Cam Newton's fiance or something because there's no reason for that like that's the only reason why you don't target your best receiver or you target your best receiver one time every time i see calvin benjamin i just i'm just amazed at how freaking huge he is he's a massive human being he is enormous and he looks like a child at the same time though like he's got like this kind of baby face i he's he's a freaking big baby huey out there that catches every football thrown his way i don't know why you wouldn't wouldn't be targeting him 20 plus times a game. Like, he is a legit six. There's something. Yeah. There's, there's something to the fact that, that he was uh, shagging Cam's love interest. I don't think it's so. gotta be right. Oh, it's gotta be something. Otherwise, why the hell else would you do it? I don't know. And I thought they were boys. I thought they were like, had this great uh, rapport. Who knows? Uh, by the way, did you see Des Bryant? This Edward report just pulled out that Des Bryant didn't even show up to his MRI today. <laughs> He's supposed to do the MRI on Monday, and they're like, oh, yep, no, no, no results back yet. So they're supposed See, to have an MRI today, and he just no-showed. That's, if that's I'm not just, Des Bryant, I don't know what else says Can Des I Bryant. just uh, – I can't cut him. You can't cut him. I can't cut him. Hey, but you can't, you can't win with him. You're like Mike Singletary. Nope. Can't win with him. Can't do it. No, no, I can't. God damn it. He kills me again two years in a row. I thought Sam Bradford would be a hot pile of garbage in Minnesota. I did. I really. Didn't. I didn't think you'd be a hot pile of garbage because I had zero faith in Teddy Two Gloves being anything. So I knew Sam Bradford would be an improvement over over Bridgewater. See, I thought Teddy Two Gloves would be like Diet Andy Dalton at like at like I think Diet Andy Andy Dalton that last only year. throws ten yards maximum. Yeah, at least Andy Dalton can throw the deep ball to AJ Green. I think Teddy Two Gloves is somewhere between. Diet Andy, well, I think it's somewhere in between. I think he's kind of like a better Chad Pennington. That's the analogy I kept coming up with Ted, Teddy Bridgewater. I'm like, he's not. And a you bad don't think you don't think Sam Bradford can do that for you? I just think Sam Bradford's one of those guys that he does as much damage as he does good, or like he is way too in love with the checkdown. Like he could throw the ball further if he wanted to, but like he's not even trying to. He's just like, he, now I gotta check this down. He had a decent second half of the season. My my only problem with him is. I still don't think he can stay healthy for 16 games. That's oh, a big issue. Their offensive line stinks. That's the yep. biggest weakness. Yep. So they and are, and they have no they have a limited running game now to support them. It's not even limited. They're dead last in the NFL right now in rushing. Oh they're, my god. They're dead last. I mean, Jarek McKinnon's is Jarek McKinnon's a decent running back, but even Adrian Peterson looked awful before he, he went looked down. terrible. Yeah, he like, looked terrible. I think it was thirty-one carries on 19, uh, thirty-one yards on nineteen carries after week one. Like he was just—he's not. It was not good. We um, didn't mention this with the Redskins, but I, I don't. Am I crazy? I—I I don't think Matt Jones is that terrible. Matt Jones 
probably uh, last week. Matt Jones had his best week as a Redskin last week, in my opinion. Even right, his, bet, even better than his week two against St. Louis last year. He he had he had yards after the contact after contact, which is a, a pretty important feature for a running back. So I mean, he still runs too damn up. They right? just don't they just but, don't run the damn football. No, they just don't. That's the thing. They just they it's like they almost do it to silence people. Like, oh, you want us to run the football? Here you go. Now let's go throw ten more passes. Right. It's really but, frustrating. So who do you have in the, in this Monday night affair? I don't I don't know. I just if this if I was truly betting, this is a game I'm not touching. If I was truly betting, yeah, I'm not touching this. And usually a four and a half to five point line means even Vegas doesn't even know what the hell to to make of this game. I I have to take Minnesota. Just because I think I oh, but the, the Giants don't have a bad offense. I'm taking they Minnesota. Have, yeah, I'm still taking Minnesota, but I I can totally see the Giants' offense getting points. I mean, they've got three good receivers. They have no running backs right now, but exactly. they don't my, run the ball anyways. My They're argument const- is that that the giant that the Vikings can beat the Giants' front four with uh, the Giants' offensive line with their front four, drop everybody else back into coverage, and force Eli to make mistakes. All right, well, so am I crazy? But like, I I really thought Sunday the Redskins uh, were getting pressure on Eli uh, on a regular basis. I wouldn't call it a regular basis, but they were getting pressure on Eli, especially in the second half. I think what happened was a lo- um, both the interceptions that Eli threw were on blitzes. I think Joe Barry finally dialed in some blitzes, and as we were talking about earlier, Trent Murphy is the best pass rusher we have right now, which is so ridiculous. Yeah, that's it's Especially kind of unfortunate. After we spent all offseason talking about Preston Smith, Trent Murphy has been the best pass rusher. But that's because uh, Trent Murphy spent the whole offseason getting stronger, and he's just manhandling guys now. He's been great. He was he he tangoed and beat Tyron Smith. That's saying yeah. something. Yep. He just he he ha- he has a day with Tyron Smith, or he had a few a few over him, and then you know he played really well again last week. Um, yeah. Eli, so I think I can't remember. There's some stat that somebody put up, but Eli stinks against the blitz. Basically, he gets pick happy, and I think Minnesota is as creative on defense as most teams can be or are. But they don't even need to be creative. And they they've don't need a, to. They've got a great front four. They love to bring Harrison Smith from so many different angles, and I would shit my pants if I saw Harrison Smith running at me at full speed. So yeah, I'm going for it. I'll take the four and a half and Minnesota. Yeah. But- Yep, I talked myself into it. Yeah, I'm doing that. So, picks are in. Thank you, everyone, for listening. We're going to go ahead and post these online, and then next week we'll recap how we did. Keep a running tally all season, so make sure you keep keep posted to the site, and if you haven't done so already, make sure you click subscribe to the podcast. You can find us on iTunes. You can find us on SoundCloud. And until next time, let's see how we both do. Thank you for listening to the Hail to the District podcast. Be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes or wherever you download your podcasts.